Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And I'm still dying. (laughs) Well, our uh, spiritual AF card today says, you are not your situation. I am not my tongue on fire. You are not. You're not your tongue on fire. Do not worry. Love that. We are uh, shoving food down our throats. We are very sorry for any inconvenience make calls in your listening. But uh, I have to work for 10 hours tonight and I'm going to have to eat lunch when it gets here. I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, I didn't want to be chewing too much on the podcast. So I shoved a bunch of um, leftover Indian food in my face between recording and the thing that I always forget about spicy food is that when you eat it cold, the spice then just like lives on your tongue forever. So I'm actually dying right now. Well, aside from that, how are you? Any good you news know. today? You know, um, I do. I was like, I, I swear there was some, I swear, I swore there was something the other day that I was going to be like, oh, I definitely have to talk about this on the podcast. And then I forgot, but then I remember. Mm-hmm. I started, I watched a new show. Ooh. But like, the problem is I will get my dad into a show and then my dad will not wait for me. So he will just, yeah, no, he watches it without me all the time. So then I will come in and I'll be like, okay, the last thing I saw was this thing that happened in episode two. Can you at least fill me in? So I haven't watched the whole show. I just watched enough of it to know that I really like it. And one day when I have time, I will go back and watch it without my dad. And that show is called Pennyworth. Yes, we have a lot of music in that show. I haven't watched it. But yes, it's so fucking good. So good. It's like, so for those of you who don't know, Pennyworth is the origin story, quote unquote, of Alfred Pennyworth, Batman's butler. And the show is set in like this weird stylized version of the 1960s in England where there's like things that are like, it's not really gone from World War II and like it's crazy and in season one um, Thomas Wayne, Martha and Alfred were the only comic book characters in the show at all and now in season two Lucius Fox who is like the Wayne Enterprises businessman is also in the show but like the plot is so unrelated to Batman it's like a true like able to be an origin story because Alfred doesn't really have one. Right. And so like, and the show, even if these characters were not the DC characters, the actual like plot of the show and the intrigue and like the stylization of these characters is so, so good. I like, my dad and I were trying to flip, we were flipping the TV on Sunday, just like trying to find something to watch while we ate dinner um, because all the shows that we normally watch we were either caught up with and we had just finished the show that we had been binging and by we i mean my dad and my mom that i walk in on sometimes my mom was out of town so i was left alone with my dad to pick shows 
<laughs> and we were flipping on HBO Max, and I saw that, and I was like, Pennyworth, is that like Alfred? And he was like, yeah. And then the guy who plays Alfred, I thought he kind of looked like a Skarsgård brother. He's not, but like his face intrigued me. So I was like, that looks interesting. So we just like watched an episode just for shits to see it. And it is now Saturday, and I believe my dad finished both seasons yesterday. <laughs> Excellent. I have heard of it. I have not watched it. It is a show that I want to watch. It's it is. I, I don't usually, I usually, like, come on here and be like, I'm watching this show, and I really love it, but it's terrible. <laughs> this one is genuinely so good. Yeah. So Gosh. good. I need to yeah. watch it. Also, speaking of TV, RuPaul's Drag Race, All Stars, All Winners, just started yesterday, and I'm super into it, and the day after this episode comes out, because this episode will premiere on May 26th, so on May 27th, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Shorzy come out, and I'm fucking pumped. the second thing you said? Shorzy. What is that? Um, have you heard of Letter Kenny? Yes. Okay, so there's a character on Letter Kenny who is like a fucking vulgar, horrible asshole hockey player named Shorzy. And in the last season of Letter Kenny, he moved to the big city to join a hockey team. But Shorzy is played by the same actor as the main character. And there's a spinoff that's just about him and the hockey team in the big city. <laughs> Interesting. It's so, like, the trailer is just the most crass, vulgar, piece of shit, like, humor I've ever heard in my life. And I cry laughing every time. Interesting. Oh, like letter Kenny, letter Kenny and Shorzy, like Jared, um, Jared Kelso's stuff has somehow elevated your mom and poop jokes to a level that like is actually funny, and it's amazing. So, but Shorzy and Obi Wan come out the same day, and I was like, Dad, what are we gonna watch? How do we, how do we do that? Obi Wan. I think you misunderstand how my family feels about Letter Kenny. <laughs> um, I think was, you misunderstand was, how long I've been waiting for Obi Wan to come out. <laughs> no, but the thing is, though, you have to understand. So, my male friend, who is not my boyfriend, and I will not call him my boyfriend, but my male <laughs> friend, um, is the same amount of a nerd as I am in some things. Like, not any worse. He went to, like, Hollywood Studios and, like, spent the hundreds of whatever fucking dollars to get the, like, custom-made lightsaber in the class thing that you do there. And I told him that I didn't know what I was going to do because Shorzy and Obi-Wan came out on the same day and he felt the same way. So, like, you know, know it's a good sign when you both have the same kind of problems, but... I hate him. It's fine. <laughs> but yes, so those are my TV suggestions. And right now, TV is the only thing that makes me happy in the world because everything else sucks. So yep, you're right. That is accurate. How's your week? Um, well, I don't know. Very busy. Um, we had to make 
When did we talk last? I don't think we had started talking about this yet. Last week was a Folk Alliance conference for like folk music business. And uh, they requested that we make 2,000 songbooks. We are not very many people and um, even less people available to work on that. So Nora, God bless her, designed the entire book and put it all together. She figured out how to do web design to make this book. Like it was wild. And she spent all week making it. And then we spent Thursday, she was going back and forth with edits with the guy who'd requested it, but they wanted them for Wednesday this week. So Mm -hmm. they were still giving us edits. So we couldn't start printing the books until two o'clock on Thursday. And we had to also mail them because it was in Kansas City. And so aside from not getting to print them when we wanted to, we also needed to send them earlier than we had. And uh, so we worked on them and we got, I think we ended up sending about 1500 because our printer ran out of toner. It was like, it was a whole thing, but they look amazing. I didn't bring one home yet. I have it at my desk, but it is that's that how so stressful. It was pretty stressful and it wasn't even my project. Like, I mean, I helped fold books because that's a lot of it was like each book yeah. was 50 pages that you had to like fold. Yeah. And, uh, so it was pretty stressful. And I felt really bad for Nora because she was doing it all by herself because I don't know anything about web design. Um, um, everything I, I know about web design I learned for this podcast. So um that's not a lot. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So uh <laughs> I am glad that's over. That's basically where my brain's been between working crazy hours at the bar again. I'm not not working insanely crazy hours, but I'm getting off at least an hour later than I'm supposed to every night just from how busy it's been. Like, yeah. we were so dead on Thursday, and I was like, oh, we're not going to make any money today. And then everyone came in at, like, 10 o'clock. And then course, they were there at, like, course. 1 o'clock. And, and I had, like... You I, have never you have never worked there during the summer before, have you? No. No, welcome. Summer in New York City is a fucking time to be alive. Yeah. And, and it's post-COVID, quote unquote. Right. So I mean, um, we're really busy during the holidays. So like we were yeah. chaos, but uh it was wild. I had we had a call-in party for 12 that turned into like 16 or 20. And they like I was in the back by myself, which is there's enough room back there for like a hundred people. Um, we ran out of chairs in the back. I had to go find stools for people to sit on because they kept adding to their parties. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. no, that that sounds about right. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I'm just running in circles and hoping for the best. So, um, needless to say, my brain has been on overdrive mm-hmm. and my body. So. <laughs> Just, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm hoping this week is a little bit slower. I think I'm gonna stay home all week that I'm not working. So, you know, that sounds like a good time. Mm-hmm. I uh, have some very very stressful weeks coming up. I am out of town next week, and then I have two weekends in a row where I have events for my charity. 
that like the big events that I've been working on planning for like weeks are the next two weekends after that. And then it's the last full week of school and then graduation. So I might die in the next month. Got oh, that. yeah, because also um, we're doing another play in somewhere in between there. Yeah, because we have our spring play. Yeah. In summer? No, no, no. In that mix of the next month. My school, the spring play, we have, we do this thing called plays in the parking lot where we, we do like, we do Shakespeare in the park where we just do it in the parking oh. lot of the school and we don't like have a set or anything. It's just literally outside the school. And we're doing two, the little kids, the third, fourth, and fifth graders are doing Midsummer Night's Dream. And Rachel is directing that and I'm just assisting. And then the big kids, the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders are doing Romeo and Juliet and I'm directing that and Rachel's assisting. But um, because as we talked about already on this podcast, I'm a fucking nerd. Um, our Romeo and Juliet is set in space. All the swords are lightsabers. Um, our Juliet is going to have Leia buns. Our narrator is Yoda. Um, it's just it amazing. going to be so weird and I'm so excited. <laughs> I cannot wait to see pictures from it. I cannot wait. I, um, found a tutorial to make stormtrooper masks out of milk cartons, like milk jugs, um, or like gallon jugs. And we're going to make them out of water so they don't smell weird from milk. But yeah. like, yeah. Um, in the scene where they go to the Capulet party and they're like trying to hide in masks, all the Montague boys are gonna put fucking stormtrooper masks on, and no one else at the party is gonna have masks on. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. Oh, that does sound amazing. <sighs> because it's also like this weird condensed version. There's this author who takes Shakespeare plays and like condenses them and writes them into like modern language, but also kind of like makes fun of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's that version. So it's like making fun of um, Romeo and Juliet. Like in the scene where Romeo and Juliet fall in love, they literally, the only things they say to each other is you're cute. And then the next scene, they're like, oh, I'm in love. And it's like so obnoxious. And I'm doing it with seventh graders. So it's like so obnoxious. That's so funny, but also perfect. Yeah. So that's my life for the next four weeks. I will die eventually. I will oh. sleep again eventually. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, you know what's uh, what's good in the world? Um, Bates Motel. What's that? Bates what's, Motel. Oh, Bates Motel is good in the world. Yes, yes, it is. It's a kind of a slow transition because yeah. now that I've like come back to life of today, I'm a little bit tired. So <laughs> <laughs> now I'm falling asleep. It's fine. Um, it's great. We're great. So this is season one, episode ten, the season one finale, which is very finale. I can't wait. Okay, I know, but I will say no comments about the episode yet. I felt it very slow for a season finale for most of the episode. I I did not did not care for the pacing. That is fair. That is fair. Um. It is titled Midnight, which is fun because it's a, the plot device they use is a ticking time bob through it yes. like to get to midnight, which is one of my favorite plot devices. Yeah. So it just makes everything feel a little heightened if you put a deadline on it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that that was a really good choice for plot device usage. Um, I do understand how you're saying it felt a little, like, slower. Like, I think the last 10 minutes, I was really on edge. But, like, the season in general has been so intense that the pacing of this as a season finale just felt off. I agree. And I'm wondering if they did that because they wanted to bring you, like, the calm before the storm type thing. Maybe. Maybe. uh, But I'm not truly not sure. But it, it definitely felt a little slower than the rest of the season but i think it's because there were specific scenes that while really slow slowly done had really subtle intense moments yeah we'll talk about when we get there but um, I, I just i just remember looking at my dad um and i was like it's been 37 or, or 35 minutes of this episode and no one's died yet and it's a season finale and that feels wrong yeah i uh, i think it was because of the build-up they didn't want to feel like the ticking time bomb had ended right um, and most of the world thought it was fantastic. Um, it is the highest rated episode so far. It's like five out of 10. Well, what point five? 8.5. 8.5. I thought you said 9.5. And oh, I was no. like, that's a lot. <laughs> right. No, uh, it was good, but it wasn't that good. Obviously. <laughs> um, it premiered on May 20th, 2013. Oh my gosh. It's May 21st today it is you are correct um i forgot what day it was which means Um, that if we hadn't taken a week off it would have come out on may 19th and we would have stayed exactly a day off like we have been yeah yeah you know things happen um our number one song was can't hold us by macklemore i almost just started singing it and then i remembered copyright yes <laughs> copyright exists <laughs> yeah. yes but, um, um love it great song the number one movie i don't remember macklemore being popular that long ago am i that old yes oh shit that's around the time he came out because he got really popular when i went to la and that was my sophomore year of college when did that so, come out 2012 2013 really Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel ancient. Ancient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was released in 2012. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm old. And the number one movie was Fast and Furious 6, which I've never seen any of. I have only seen I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. And I've seen what? Hobbs and Shaw, which was the spinoff of the Fast and Furious with The Rock. And I've seen Fast 9, I think. But 1 through 8, no. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any of them. People say I like them. Other people like them. Truthfully, from what I've seen, for as much as I'm not a big action movie, from what I've seen, I think I would like them. And like I've watched every weird theory fan video on the internet because sometimes I just spiral and watch YouTube videos about shows that I've never watched. Um, and I think I would like them. But that seems like a big commitment because they keep making movies. And I don't know if I have it in me to watch 100 movies. No. Like I'm already invested in Star Wars and the MCU. I, I don't know if I can do another... Like- I'm behind in the MCU. I haven't watched 
into the Spider-Verse. I haven't watched the newest Spider-Man, and I haven't watched anything um, since. I haven't Wasp. seen Ant-Man and the Wasp. I haven't seen Spider-Man 2. I haven't seen Doctor Strange. Oh, I really like Doctor Strange. Or no, the, the new, new Doctor Strange. Not oh, yeah, one. I haven't either. Yeah, the multiverse Doctor Strange. But I did just last week, because again, my dad just watches things and I come in the room and watch them if they're on, um, watch the Spider-Man, the new one with the, all three Spider-Mans in it. Into the multiverse or whatever? Or No, um, no Way Home. Oh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that one yet either. Okay, yeah. It made me cry, and I wasn't even watching it. Like, I was just in the room, and I still cried. And I was like, well, great. Yeah, yeah so uh, I don't blame you not wanting to commit to that. Um, on this day, a lot of people died. So I didn't talk about that because that makes me sad. Fair. So <laughs> the things that did happen, the Church of Scotland openly allowed openly gay men and women to be ministers all right things up and um yahoo purchased tumblr and then it all went downhill from there it all went downhill from there and it was the death of tumblr as we know it yeah Mm -hmm. yahoo just ruins everything um and (sighs) victoria it was victoria day in canada it, it is always Victoria Day in Canada on the 20th of May. Well, I didn't know that, <laughs> but that's the day. That's the it's holiday. It's one of those have. things where they celebrate the, the Queen of England because Canada's still kind of right. part of England, even though they're not, but they are. Um, so, yes, May 20th is Victoria Day. That is a consistent now, holiday. Everyone knows that it was a holiday that I didn't know about. I knew, I knew about Victoria Day. I didn't know there was a certain, like, date. Um, so the director... Sorry, no. My mom said something about it being the 21st, and I was like, no, today is the 21st, but the 20th is all Victoria Day. It was yesterday. That's why the fireworks started yesterday. Except for that they actually started Thursday and threw me off, but they were supposed to start yesterday. So... Yes. The director was Tucker Gates, who has directed most of the season. Most of them, yeah. Um, which is nice. It's nice to have consistent directors and writers for this, uh, this show. It didn't feel out of place, really. Which is nice. Yeah, it's weird because a lot of shows don't. Yeah. But there's something... And, like, a lot of times you have, like, a script supervisor or, like, a story producer who, like, is in charge. But even though there's different actual, like book writers mm-hmm. but it's there's something about the way that the show was formatted that it felt like it worked better that there was the consistency it really lent itself to having the same crew yeah i'm sorry i don't know my dog's doing she's walking around um and on that note same writers as well so we didn't really have any new people i mean we have one but she wasn't in very long so i'm gonna see I'm sorry. She's like climbing on a box. I don't know what she's doing. Um, so I went back to discuss Keegan Connor Tracy because even though we've mentioned her before, we haven't really talked about her. Which um, is funny because I was going to talk about her even if you weren't. Because I did not realize until my dad brought it up while we were watching this episode 
that this was happening at the same time as Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've mentioned her being the Blue Fairy before, but, like, this was overlapping. Right, right. Yeah, so um, she's the Blue Fairy. Mm-hmm. And in the show, she plays Miss Watson, who I call Miss Honey. Mm-hmm. Um, she's known for Once Upon a Time. She's known for The Magicians, which I've watched and don't remember her. <laughs> but I'm sure she was a big part. Yeah. It's been a minute since I watched that show. Right. Um, and then she's also in the new Twilight Zone, the 2021, um, which I haven't watched. Yes. And then, um, fun fact about her, she speaks fluent French. She's Canadian, so that's not shocking. Um, but her name is actually, Tr- she was born Tracy Armstrong. Yes. That was a fun fact. I did not know about her. Yes. I, I didn't remember, like, her other last name, but I knew that she added Tracy to her last name because it was her actual first name, but that Keegan was a, a choice, a stage name. I did not know any of that information. Um, so we start the show. And... Huh? I said, yes, we do. And, um... I always watch the intro because a lot of times, you know, it kind of tells you where we're going if you when it shows older scenes. Yeah. So I was like, this whole episode is going to be about Bradley. And uh, while it, you know, was about Bradley in parts, it was not the majority of the show. Right. I expected it to be. Um, but we start with Sadie. Go lay down. We start with Sadie. No, we don't. No, we start with Sadie. Oh, everything starts with Sadie. Um, we start with Norma going to Sheriff Romero about Creepy Jake because the last thing we saw was he had gotten to the backseat of her car and held her at gunpoint. Yes. And threatened her to bring him the money that Keith Summers and Shelby had accumulated that he never got. And, um, I, when she bust up into the police station like that, I wrote, calm yourself, Norma, you fucking psycho. But also, I might would have busted up in there like that if someone had held a gun in my head. She was, like, banging on the bell and, like, yelling at the receptionist. Like, that's not yeah, that was unnecessary. No, that was not. That was unnecessary. But, yeah. uh. And then I also wrote that Romero is going to kill you if this guy doesn't do it first. Like, <sighs> I, yeah, that does seem very likely. Um, but I also was like, this was smart of Norma to not try to handle it herself and to go straight to the police. Like, yeah. And she's been going to the police a lot, but it's been things that are not as um, easy to address, I guess. Like, right. this was very clear what needed to be done. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we pop over to school and it was kind of a, like, it was a very interestingly shot scene because normally you see him like walking around like normal in the school, but it was the way they had it was on Norma and Emma. They like zoomed into where they were the only ones in focus. It was, and, it felt very like John Green movie about high schoolers in mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Wayne. John Green. I said John Wayne. I was like, I don't think so. No, no, John Green, like, yes. being a wallflower, paper towns, right. like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I liked it because it really, me, it 
put how big of a focus they are and I thought it was kind of a cute conversation and he was like it was I wrote this is so unfortunately cute but I can't stand it and like I don't like that they keep making me like Norma and Norman and Emma together like it was like no it was like a she was like he was like you've never been to a dance before and she's like no I haven't he's like well I could go to the dance with you she's like you're just doing that because I'm your friend and you do that for me. He was like, well, yeah. And she's like, okay, fine. Like, but it was like so adorable. Yeah. And I was like, was. and they're just such good friends at this point. Yeah. So now they're going to the dance together, which is fun. And we go back to the Bates house and Norma is being like extra sweet to Dylan for about 10 seconds before you realize what she wants from him. <laughs> and, um, she asked yes before that she's like flipping out mm-hmm. before she actually tells him what she wants from him she's like telling him that she doesn't understand why romero won't tell her what the plan is and i was like because ma'am it's actually none of your business like the cops when the cops take your case from you they don't owe you the details of how they handle it Right. Like that's, not, that's not how that works. That's not how that works, no. Um, but she does end up asking Dylan for a gun. And uh, he is like, absolutely not. He was like, that's the last thing you need. Which and, I agree um, with. But I think there's a consistency error in this episode. Because, like, a, actually, the dialogue. Because later in the episode, no spoilers, but like later in the episode, there's a moment where Norma, like, is like, "Oh my God, did you just call me mom? You've never done that before." But in this scene, he called her mom because I freaked out because I stopped it because I paused it and took a note. I was like, "Holy shit, he just called her mom. That never happens." But then her reaction didn't happen until the next time he said it, and I was very confused. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I because I, I was like, "He just called her mom. What?" He doesn't do that. That's wrong. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Um, but she is uh, now running to what I assume is the cleaners because she has a lot of laundry that she's carrying and yeah. running around. And she like runs into this guy because she like turns around really fast. And okay. Hold on. There's a scene before that. Because we get a scene before she runs into the guy with the cleaners of Romero going to pick up something from a house and he goes into this garage and he pulls out a bag of money oh i missed that i must have been like that must have been a quick scene because i think it was it was was a short scene but romero pulls up to this abandoned garage and he goes into the garage and he pulls out a duffel bag that has all the money in it and i was like excuse me what yeah and i said i knew he was I knew he was bad fucking news. He has the money the whole time. I was so stressed out. Everyone in this town is bad news. And then she goes to this guy because my next note says, what is that dude's problem? Yeah, he just like, she actually runs into him and it was actually, it was actually an accident. She apologizes and he like snaps at her and she loses it. <laughs> right. I wrote, what is that dude's problem? And then she lost it. I go, probably the fact that she reacts like that. Like that's probably not going to work well for gaining friends, ma'am. Right, right. So um, then Norma decides to go to therapy. The therapy session she canceled. And I just put good for her. 
I said, I mean, she desperately needs therapy, but that requires her to, you know, not be a filthy fucking liar. Also true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because she goes to therapy and doesn't open up. She's just like, I need, I need some tips to deal with normal stress problems. I was like, that is like, not what you have. He's like, well, what are your problems? She goes, you know, just like normal life. I was like, zero percent. Your yeah. life has been threatened. Your son is a psychopath. But also, like, even normal life, you tell people about it. Like, that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah. And um, so then he starts the therapy session. He's, like, asking her about, like, he's like, okay, well, do you think you're going to be able to handle Norman leaving? And she's like, where is he going? He's like, college? <laughs> like, I- I was like, Norma's got something deeper going on in that fucking head of hers. Like, something is fucked up here. Mm-hmm. So, but then she, like, blows it off, and she's like, oh, he'll probably go somewhere local. And I was like, yeah, you're not going to let him leave. Um, no no doubt about that. But also, like, Absolutely. now that we know how much of a psychopath he is, I don't blame her. Yeah. But I don't think I'd let him go off somewhere by himself either because he's going to end up committed or in jail because there's no one there to fix the things that he breaks um and then he starts asking her about her childhood and we see her like rubbing her leg and i was like what is happening i know her scar on her leg obviously has something to do with her parents because every time they said anything about her dad she said it like yeah, and she's like, they were great. They were wonderful. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know yet, but I don't, because this wasn't discussed in the movie. This is a new, new storyline. Yeah. And um, it really made me think about, I was like, what is happening? I mean, learn that's they're not so great. But well, um, yeah. at this point, she loses it. I also, like, still don't know if I trust anything she's ever said. Like, so now even when she tells us the truth, I don't know if it's the truth. Like, I just don't know. I think it's the truth, but I don't know. I get that. I think that this is some of the first truth we've started seeing from her. That's probably fair. You know, so I think this is, I think we're moving into the territory where she's truly scared she's going to die. And so she's, like, everything she says in those moments are, like, right. Really right. That makes sense. Um, so now she decides she's leaving the therapy session. She's like, I'll have to reschedule because she's freaking out and she just runs away and, um, she's good at. And so then we go back to the school and Miss Honey is yelling at someone on the phone and we don't know anything about what's happening, but Norman walks up on it and someone won't leave her alone. And so, uh, she gets off the phone and he walks in and he's like, I don't want to publish my story. And she's like, how much did you hear? <laughs> and like, is panicking. She's like, you can't tell anyone. And everything she's saying in this scene is clearly grooming language. Like it was so uncomfortable. I was like, what is happening? She's like, we have a secret now. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> like, I'm- trying to figure out how to say what's 
in the nicest way possible. But I had the most difficult time watching this episode of any episode because none of the adults in this fucking town know how to act like goddamn adults. Like I, oh man. Um, My notes, my notes for this say, oof, blue fairy, that is not a healthy conversation to be having, especially at school. Ew, no, 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 not a secret with a 17-year-old that is fucking grooming. Mm -hmm. I, oh, that's, oh, that's fucking grooming 101. I, (sighs) Mm -hmm. yeah, so that was fun. Um, and then we go back to Sheriff Romero, <laughs> but, oh, okay, let's just introduce a new woman into the show at the finale, like. Right, so who the fuck is that? I was like, why are we doing this? And, like, sure, she seems like she's gonna have a good storyline, but I don't know that I would have waited till the last episode to introduce her, like. Especially if they don't bring her back next season. I'm interested to see how that goes. I also don't care for her. Yeah. Because again, me having serious problems. The thing is, I get that the show is like psychological horror. I do. And I know that Norman's a psycho. But like my problems with characters in the show are not with the crazies. It's with the inability for the quote-unquote normal characters to act like fucking decent people like this woman was a woman who was helping with the books for the sex ring like how do you respect yourself as a woman when you help people do that right and like (sighs) obviously she was abused too but I feel like there was some point in the beginning before it got this far that she could have stepped out. Like, yeah, no, she, she chose not to. So, no, yeah. But one thing we did learn is creepy Jake's name is Joe Fioretti. Unless that is another pseudonym, which it very well could be. That I, because I wrote that's his real name, and then I go. Mm. No, I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think he would give her his real name either. Well, I put it that I don't think he's Italian. So <laughs> I am um, also unsure about his name, but. I don't know what he did. Or what he's what she told Romero that he did. Mm hmm. Because my next note just says, God, he's a sick fuck. He beat her and he said that, and he's got four towns that he's still running. Oh, it was the four towns part. Obviously, like, I was sad that he beat her, but, like, that didn't surprise me, unfortunately. It was the fact that this is not the only town that he's running this in that disgusted me. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And, um, yeah, so... We, and we also learned that she's Keith Summers' sister, mm-hmm. which not great. And I would guess she didn't have a great childhood if that's her brother. But oh, yeah, probably. You know, still. Then we go back to the motel. 
Also, Romero sketched me out in that scene also. Yes. That's where I was like, what side are you on? I, I still am, yeah. Sketchy. And uh, Norma's calling to check on the patrol because she said she hasn't seen a car go by in quite a while. <sighs> and like, she sounds paranoid, but honestly, I'm like, right. Like, someone's going to kill me in four hours and I don't know what time of day it is. And I need to at least see a, a police car, like, out there, you know? Yeah. Especially because this guy put a whole dead police in her bed. Like, there's... Obviously, he could get around things, so... Um, and Emma shows up talking about the dance. And surprisingly, um, Norma's, like, super chill about it. She's like, that's a great idea. I, that's what I wrote. Why is Norma actually kind of normal? with emma like that's the only character that she like acts like a real person about around and i'm very confused by it i think she knows that like she's kind of got an in with emma and if anything happens she'll know i also think and this is literally just something that i feel like now emma is like a sick young girl who Mm -hmm. is just like sweet and innocent and is going to be ruined by the world and i feel like norma sees herself and, like, in whatever way she knows how is trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. Because she, does, she doesn't want her to be as jaded by the world as she is. Right, which like, is fair. With, but the problem is that Norma also can't separate the fact that the world she needs to protect Emma from is Norman. Right. Like, right. That, like she, her intentions are so pure. Mm-hmm. But because she's also not okay, yeah. it's going to go badly. Right. Um, yeah. And so she's showing her her dress, and it is super cute. I love that dress. Um, I like the color, and I'm just I'm very happy for her. And then that's when we see the mark on Norma's leg, and she says it's from hot chocolate incident in her childhood. And I was like, that's a very strange, like, like thing that would happen from a hot chocolate incident. Depends on how young you are. Like, yeah, but like skin. a long line. I would see like maybe like a splotch or like. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it can't burn you and leave a scar. I'm saying the way that it left the scar. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Like it didn't look like it would have come from something that was spilled on your leg. Um, yeah. But so I was like, that, all right. I'm- I wrote two in one day, two trauma flashbacks in one day. God, your mental health is a disaster. I know, I know. And uh, then Dylan shows up and he's changed his mind. He decides he's going to give Norma a gun. And, um, but they, he did follow the right like protocol because he didn't just say, here's a gun, good luck. He's like, here's a gun. I'm going to teach you how to shoot it before I let you go with this gun because you have to know what you're doing. It's dangerous. I, know. I was like, I love, I wrote, oh, now you have a gun. No bueno. But God, I love them. I know, I know. And um, yeah, so she, so they go out to the gun range to learn or what they use as a gun range. Cause it's yeah. And um. She finally asks him about his job, and she's like, what kind of job do you have that you need this gun? 
And he's like, doesn't want to tell her. Then finally he's like, oh, he's like, I'm a protector or like a guard, a guard stuff. And she's like, what do you guard? And finally she's like, I guard the weed fields. Like, and she's like, mm, I don't like that. I, was like, I, I wrote, you don't like that. I don't like you murdering people, but we all make sacrifices here. Right. I was like, out of all the things, that's what you're most concerned about is him sitting beside weed. Like, yeah. Ma'am. Ma'am. Priorities. And, uh, but then it made me laugh because he's like, I'm 22 years old. I'm an adult. And I was like, okay, <laughs> here's the thing. You are not, you have, he has grown up faster than a lot of people because he did have to fend for himself and take care of himself right. and take care of his family. But that statement isolated is incorrect. I mean, <laughs> at 22, I also very much felt like I was an adult. Yeah. But looking back now, it's a very different life at 22. It, it is. No, but I mean, I, I graduated college early. So at 22, I was already graduated from college and trying to like work in my field. Mm-hmm. Not successfully, mind you. But like, so I think I did kind of have an air of, and I had already like, and I was in the middle of my like, really really bad like traumatizing first horrible breakup and so like I had this air that like I was an adult I really truly and now obviously I know I've learned from then but I still think like 22 year old me it still was an adult and I think Dylan's probably more mature than I was oh no I for sure I think Dylan's that's why I'm saying like Dylan specifically can say that but as an isolated statement (laughs) It's different. Right. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Um, and then she just, like, took a couple of shots and this, and then she just, like, knocked it out of the park on the third one. She put third time's the charm. I don't know when Norma got so good with a aim, but... He doesn't either. He's like... I know. And uh, this was the scene they were talking about where Dylan called her mom, and I didn't notice that he had done before. So, um, I didn't skip that part. Yeah. And uh, so then Maggie Summers, who we is who we learned Keith Summers' sister, goes to talk to Norma. And she tells Norma basically, you have to give him the money or he will kill you. He, she's like, there's no other option. And she's like, I don't have it. I wrote Norma, I wrote Maggie is throwing everything off, but she's gotta be in next season. Otherwise, this is a waste of my time. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I was like, this has to move forward. But yeah. it's just this, I don't know. It was a very weird character placement for me. Agreed. Sadie, I'm sorry, she's standing on my cord. It's okay. I don't know if you can hear it, but someone in my neighborhood is doing construction. And I keep hearing hammering. And I don't know if the microphone's picking it up or not, but it is annoying me. I've not heard it, but I've heard a lot of sirens on my end. So oh, good. So we're just doing great. Excellent. Um, so then we go back to Norman and he's at home and Bradley shows up looking for Dylan. And I just put, she's a moron. I wrote Norman is dumb or stupid for the way he was looking at Bradley. But Bradley is stupider for showing up. Why would you go to someone's house who you know you have a big fight with? Like, even if you're, like, meeting with his brother, meet yeah. somewhere else. Right. Like, <laughs> it was so dumb. 
And he gives her her dad's stuff. Dylan does. And um, he also found the watch. And Norman is naturally listening from around the corner. And she's like, I'm so sorry I'm bugging you. And he's like, you can bug me anytime. And I was like, no, Norman, no. I mean, no, Dylan, no. So when they when she first walks in and is talking to Dylan and Norman's like still kind of awkwardly standing there and they hadn't figured it out yet, I go, this has got to be the most awkward thing I've ever witnessed. Mm-hmm. Then she has a conversation and he finds the watch. And I go, oh my God, we found the watch. What's inside of it? And that's when I knew that Bradley couldn't die this episode because we needed yep. to find out what was in the watch. Yep, because we have to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, so. And then we see Norman's reaction to their conversation. And I said, Norman, calm the absolute fuck down. He's going to fucking murder her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when he decided he was going to kill her. I now believe it can't happen this episode. But that is the moment he decided he was going to murder her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. People just walked in the building and yelled. So, Well, I didn't hear it. Just so you can't hear any of the nonsense happening around me. Saturday morning's not great for recording. (laughs) Did you say Um, Friday morning? Saturday. Oh, I thought you said Friday. I was like, it's not Friday. (laughs) Well, I do know that much because I didn't have to go to the office today. Um, Anyway, so then we go to Norma and she is pointing the gun in her face. And I just put in big capital letters, do not point a gun at your face, Norma. Like... I know she's stressed. She's got a lot going on. But, like, come on. Yeah. You know that you're just going to make it worse for everyone else if you were to die. Like, you actually are holding some things together. <laughs> then, oh, the, but I was 100% sure she was going to shoot herself when she was trying to shove it between her legs when Norman started screaming about the socks. Yeah. But then I also was like, why are they screaming at each other? Like, why is this so dramatic? He is upset with Bradley. Mm-hmm. She is upset about Jake. They usually come together in their moments of upsetness. And they were just screaming at each other for no reason. And I felt violated because I was like, this is not how either of them reacts to things. Yeah. And also, like, that's not really how Norman reacts to anyone. Like, Norma's definitely, like, yelled at plenty of people when she's been upset but like norman hasn't really unless it's at the person in the moment where he dissociates like so that was very strange and i was like is he dissociating now i was like what is happening and um so it felt very strange but a lot of this episode felt like a big turning point for norman like his character because yeah but then i mean because then the next conversation he has when Dylan is like, hey, bud, like, I got some socks for you. And then he just starts, like, going off about how Dylan should date Bradley. And he said something that was so disturbing. Oh, it was about, he was like, we're just having a conversation. And he was like, well, what are conversations? Just pointless, like, rounds of blah. Like, basically, like, yeah. completely, like, dissociating from the human experience, but, like, out loud. And I was like, I don't know what to say right now mm-hmm. yeah um he definitely needed some help and um so then he goes into the living room he's sitting on the couch we go to the living room he's sitting on the couch with norma and um they were and all of a sudden norma starts 
telling him about her childhood and I was like oh no is she trying to keep him from going to the dance because that's what I thought this was at first thought this was gonna be like a guilt trip turns out that wasn't it but we learn yes I I get what you're saying but I I didn't ever see that because I just because again I have the horrible experience of working with children who don't always have the best parents um and the idea of parent trauma dumping on a child is unfortunately something that happens in real life. But again, goes back to the fact that everything about this episode showed me that adults don't know how to act like adults. And I was so angry. No, I definitely, I definitely saw that. It's just from the past things she's done to manipulate him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I thought was maybe this was another. I thought we had moved because I thought we had moved forward from that. And so when it started happening again, I was like, oh, she's going back to this manipulative right. technique that she uses. And then she did, and it was just a trauma dump. Um, my notes about this whole scene said, of course she's from Ohio because nothing good has ever come out of Ohio. I know, I knew there had to be some abuse, but your kid cannot be the one who handles that pain for you. You mean, and then she said, I just needed to tell someone in case I don't know, I said, you mean in case you die tonight? Right. Like right. You can, you feel comfortable trauma dumping on him, but not warning him that you're afraid you might die. Yeah. I was livid. Livid. Well, also, maybe she I agree. Tell him. I, I stand by the fact that nothing good has ever come out of Ohio. We had the Virginia lovers case that made a uh, mixed race marriages legal. Oh, Virginia versus loving. Uh-huh. Okay, well, yeah, but that means that there were shitty racist laws in Ohio that they had to fight in the first place. So, like, good. Again, nothing good comes out of Ohio. Well, that set a precedent for the rest of the country. Because the rest of the country also did. We got one. Yes, that's it. Okay, and I do, my favorite baseball team is from Ohio. (laughs) Two. 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 Um. But I think that maybe because when I realized she was not manipulating him, I'm thinking the reason she didn't tell him that she was like in danger that night or he was in danger that night was because she didn't want him to feel like he needed to stay home to take care of her. Because I feel like she's growing and I feel like that's, like that's why she didn't tell him that part of it. I can see that. Because again, because she kept asking like, what time is it? What time is this happening? Like, so she was making sure she knew kind of like where he was going to be and how things were going to be. Well, but that was just to protect him in case Jake right. actually came to the house. Like she was, you know, I just put that together. She was only happy about the dance because it meant he wouldn't be home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, not knowing how to be a parent, you know that your kid does not handle emotion well. Every time they have been upset, they have attempted to murder someone. You are going to ruin their night out by telling them the most traumatic shit you could possibly tell them and then wonder why they don't seem all there? Like, ma'am. I know it's not really fair to blame the parents of socio or psychopaths because it's, it's actually like a condition But if you are the parent of someone with that severe of a mental health disorder, 
there are some things that you probably just learn to not do. And that's one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so then the things we learned about Norma in this scene, her brother raped her. Her father was super violent. Her mom was completely checked out as a parent. And the burn from her leg was from an iron when she jumped because her dad came home when her brother was abusing her. And then uh, Emma and Norman leave and creepy Jake calls and threatens Norma again. How did she get his, how did he get her number? That's my question. How did he get in her house with a whole dead sheriff and nobody knew? Oh, fair. Those are leaders get her number. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Also, like, maybe the number didn't change and she inherited everything with the house. And so if it was Keith Summers' number still. But it was her cell phone. Oh, that's right. That's why I was going to... If it had been the house or the motel, it wouldn't have shocked me, but it was her cell phone. That's what confused me. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't as surprised by that because of all of the things he's done, that seemed (laughs) the least, like... Fair. Out of the way for me. So now we go to the dance. And, um... I thought that it was a great song placement choice when they walked into the dance because the first lyric was everybody's got a secret to hide. And I was like, so true. I was like, and we found like, we're getting answers to a lot of those secrets. I have a problem with this scene Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really anything to do with the acting or the song or anything other than my own personal feelings about high school dances on TV shows. Because who the fuck has a high school dance that looks like that? I have never, ever... looked like that. What? We didn't have, like, food and stuff, but we had... Like, that, like, next level, like, staircase... No, like, that's so fucking extra. We didn't have a staircase, but it's because our building was just one floor. But it was decorated out of the lights and whatnot. I just feel like that's not real life. Because every high school on TV has these fucking extra, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars of design for a high school dance. Like, no, ma'am. That did not happen. That's fair. We had a lot of that. You also lived in the South where people's lives stop at the end of high school. No, that's true. That's probably why I said so. Like, I don't, sorry, I should, that sounded so much more offensive than I meant. No, it was very true, though. I mean, we had our, like, 10-year high school reunion this year, and obviously I wasn't there because I was here. And um, it was, like, the people that kind of, like, didn't really do much. I mean, they, you know, they are nurses, and, you know, that's kind of what everyone went into the field for, like, and so, like, they're doing fine, but, like, they still have the same friends from high school. They haven't, like, gone and done a lot of things. They haven't, like, seen the world. They haven't, like, had experiences. And Yeah. Those were the people that went to the reunion. Yeah. So, although I did always want to go to my high school reunion because Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion is one of my favorite movies. My, I went to my five-year reunion, and it was great. And we rented out a rooftop bar and had a blast. And then our 10-year reunion was canceled because Tom 
I graduated in 2010. So my 10 year reunion was summer 2020. So obviously, but I also went to a really small school. There was only 75 people. Well, 76 people in my graduating class. One of them has unfortunately passed away since then. So there's 75 of us. And um, we are all still like in contact. Some people are still really close. Like I have one or two of my friends from high school that I'm still super close to, but like, I mean, I do too. Yeah. But like, I mean, and we all still talk and we all still like each other, but like one of them lives in Italy and I was living in Thailand and one of them has a, is in a fucking Las Vegas burlesque show, like, and was, has been on TV. Like we, we all still talk, but we like did shit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, but back to horror, right. Words of the fake world. Um, we are, so we're at the dance and Norman, we, we also like, we see them walk in the dance and then we flash back to Norma packing up a bag. And, um, the Norma packing up a bag really confused me because I couldn't figure out what the fuck she was doing. And then I like got it. Like I was like, what is she doing with that pillow? And then I was like, Oh, I get it. She's trying to pretend there's money in it. Got it. Okay. I had the same thought. I was like, I was like, is she running away? I was like, if she runs away, that's not, that's only going to put Dylan and Norman in danger. Yeah. And then I also realized the same thing. Yeah. So uh, Norman's dancing with Emma and it's precious, but it's clear that he's still thinking about Bradley. He keeps looking at her and like Emma notices. And finally it's just like goes off. And she's like, I thought this was going to be fun. I thought that this is where you were going to realize you actually have feelings for me. And you still are thinking about Bradley. And I was devastated for her in that moment because she really did. Like she is every fucking high school girl who thinks that like, if she's just friends with a guy for long enough, he'll open up his eyes and Taylor Swift, you belong with me. Realize that like, she is the one, but like, you can't change men, especially the super shitty ones. Now that is a very true statement. Um, yeah. So she leaves him at the dance, which good honor. Yes. Um, I probably would have too. And, uh, Whenever after she leaves, Bradley's boyfriend comes up to talk to Norman and he's like, Let's go talk outside. And I was like, Norman, I know you don't have the social like understanding, but it's just gonna end up in a fight. So he goes outside with him and uh he's like, Stay away from Bradley. And he's like, I don't even talk to Bradley, I don't know what you're talking about. And he was actually like fairly convincing for someone who like doesn't know social cues right. and is lying. Like yeah. I was like, Okay, this is actually kind of convincing. And then he just punches punches Norman right in the face. And that made me mad because I was like, your girlfriend is a cheating whore, bro. Like, take that up with her. Right, right. Because I, um, I feel the same way all the time. Why in relationships when someone cheats do we get mad at the person they cheated with instead of them for cheating? Right. Yes, I agree. I don't know. It's the way life works, I guess. Um, so <laughs> this was another scene where I'm always going to point this out. They were not wet and it was raining. <laughs> just neither of them were wet and it was raining. The next scene, however, Norman is drenched walking home. And um, there's a car that pulls over and asks if he's okay. And naturally, it's Miss Honey. I wrote no ma'am. Or I screamed, I screamed out loud, no ma'am. And then I paused the TV to start taking notes. And my dad was like, because my dad didn't come in until 
Emma and Norman were leaving for the dance. So he okay. doesn't know who this woman is. And he was like, what is wrong? What? The Blue Fairy is a good guy. And I go, not in this. She's not. <sighs> no, not, not today. I wrote, no, ma'am, do not let a minor in your car. Where did you get your teaching license? And I was like, oh, no, she's going to take him home. <sighs> and, and, then when she, and then when she said, come back to my house, I said, and you somehow made it worse. You right? You. I was like, why? Why does he need to come back to your house before he goes home? Like, that doesn't make any sense. No. None. Drive him home. Even if you stay with him to clean up his face and talk to his mom, drive him home. Do right. not take him to your house. No. That was the worst. <sighs> and then we go back to Norma, who is skulking around the docks, where she's supposed to be meeting creepy Joe now. His name is Joe. And um, I was like, Norma, you're going to get yourself killed. But I get she's concerned that um, Sheriff Romero's not doing anything because she hasn't seen him do anything. But also, like, she knows how this town is. She should expect that something's going to happen. Right. Um, and lo and behold, Romero shows up with the bag of money. And he starts chatting with Joe. And then he starts talking about wanting to be in on Joe's business. I and like, I was like, oh, I, was I like, really thought Courtney he was on the was other side. Right. I was like, damn it, Courtney was right. He's the big bad. Like, what am I going to do? I know. And uh, he's like, but I'm in charge here. I want 50%. Those other guys were morons. And I was like, of course, of course we're doing this. And then he pulls out his gun and just shoots him like a thousand times and pushes him into the river. And he's like, not in my town. And here's the thing. This is why I still don't think he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Because after he does that, he then takes the bag of dirty money and tosses it in the water after the guy. And I was like, I think I'm in love with this man. I know. I think he might, he might be one of the good guys. And then Norma was like, what the fuck? I almost shot you. And he was like, when I tell you to trust me, trust me. And I was like, yes, I absolutely trust you. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm in love with Sheriff Romero. Maybe. I could see it. Um, I did like how he always knows what's going on too. Like as soon as he pushed everything in the water, threw everything in the water, he's just like, you can go home now, Nora. And she's like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, he knows everything. Mm-hmm. So now go to Miss Honey's. And I put, she's just too much. She's using all of the language to groom him. And She's, like, going to change. She's, like, I'm going to go change real fast and we'll clean you up. But then she, like, leaves her door open while she's changing. And I was, like, Jesus Christ. And then fake Norma shows back up. And I was, like, like, fuck, you know it's a problem when I agree with the hallucination. Right? I was, like, yes, fake Norma. She is trying to seduce him. And I was, like, why aren't you listening, Norman? Now, here's uh, the only... that I wonder because he's hallucinating Mm -hmm. and because Norman is a little bit crazy we watched her close the door and then it was open and I thought maybe she didn't close it all the way but then I wonder was it closed and he was just fantasizing or did she leave it open 
Because again, he's not a reliable narrator. He is not. You're, yep, that is a very valid question. And uh, we'll probably never know the answer to it. So, because Norman's the only one that was there. So, unfortunately. And uh, then I would put, um, what happened next? Something happened next with Norma. Oh, she was just like driving. Oh, oh yeah. Home. And Norman got home and uh, walks up drenched. And she he's telling her, he's like, how he feels or whatever and she's we saw we saw him running in the rain and i go oh no he for sure killed that lady yeah yeah Um, i was like norma knows everything that's happened and she's just trying her hardest i was like she really is trying to be a good mother and protect society here's a thing norma does not know he just killed someone i think he knows she knows he did because of how he's been in the past but she doesn't know who I don't think she does. I think she is so overwhelmed by relief that Jake is gone and that Romero seems to be a good guy because she's hugging him and she's like, everything's going to be okay now. Like, we're okay. It's all over. It's all done. We're okay. And then she's like, how are you here? And he's like, I don't remember. And I think she might have like an inkling that something is wrong, but I think she's so overwhelmed by her own shit that she doesn't realize anything has happened yeah but indeed we go back to miss honey's and she's lying with her throat slashed she is indeed dead mm-hmm. so our two deaths for the big finale were miss honey and creepy jake yeah which i'm not surprised at all by miss honey i knew that was coming oh yeah i knew that was coming since episode two right i was surprised by creepy jake because i thought we were gonna get more storyline with him Right. I thought I knew that he like had to go at some point, but I thought at this point we were going to get more storyline with him, which mean which is why I'm not sure if Maggie's even going to come back next season. Right, that's why. Yeah, that's why I'm not sure either. I'm confused. Right. So, who do you want to punch in the face? All of the adult women in the entire show, but mostly. Watson. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm trying to pick not her because you picked her. And I'm like, but I do really want to punch her in the face. Um, I mean, like, I'm not glad she's murdered. Right. But also, I'm glad she didn't molest any more children. Right. But, like, we also never got, like, justice because she died. Right. She was never held responsible for her. And also... But now I'm, like, questioning whether, like, she was obviously not good at the whole boundaries. But, like, I'm <laughs> questioning yeah. how much of that was in Norman's head. Mm-hmm. Like, was he imagining that she was seducing him? That's possible. Fuck. Ah. I want to punch Bradley in the face. <laughs> That's fair. I just because I generally want to punch her in the face. Yeah. yeah and she yeah. just makes things worse and she knows it. Um, who's your MVP? Sheriff Romero. I didn't I didn't know that I wanted to birth his children until this episode, but now I do. Yes, yes. Um I guess mine is gonna have to be I guess it's gonna have to be Emma. 
That's fine. I just, God bless her. No. Poor sweet little Emma. So where do you think we're going to start next season? Well, um, my guess is that we're going to have to address the the dead body in the room. Yeah, yeah. Um, And somehow I feel like when it's a school teacher and not like an asshole that nobody likes, the murder investigation is going to be a very different story. Right. Um, Yeah. Yep, that's. I have a feeling we're going to start with the Bradley stuff and she's going to die pretty quickly after maybe within the first half of the next season. I feel like the body count's going to get higher. Because really, I mean, obviously, like, there was. I mean, I think so to an extent, but like. There were smaller deaths, but like. There were only like five or six major characters that died. But there's also five seasons. So like the characters we already have, there's few of them that can die. Right. No, no, no. I'm not saying that like, but I think that like the the body count is going to get higher in terms of like, well, okay. Because in the season we had Bradley's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan's original partner, mm-hmm. and then the guy that Dylan killed. Yeah, uh, Zach, the little Asian girl, mm-hmm. Keith, Jake, Jake, and Miss Watson. Yeah. Well, I guess that's eight. That's not almost one per episode. Wow, that's a pretty high number. That is a pretty high number. Well, I have one trivia for you. Okay. Surprise, it's about the rain. Of course. Um, So it was the whole week they were filming this episode. It was raining every day, except when they filmed the last scene in the car. And so every time, so for the whole week, they were having to like dry everyone off so they didn't look wet. Except in that final scene, it wasn't raining. So they had to spray Freddie Highmore down continuously so that he looked drenched in the outdoor scenes. And it was January 31st is when they were filming. So he was just jumping around. He was just like constantly jumping around in place because he was so cold. And uh, yeah. That is is bananas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's our uh, season one. And before we dive into season two, we are doing our horror movie break. And for those of you who haven't guessed what it is yet, it is indeed The Woman in Black. I am currently reading the book. We've seen the play and I've never seen the movie. So I'm going to finish the book, watch the movie, and then I am ready to diamond wow. hardcore the problem is let's see where is it okay it is available on ludo tv all right that's you have one. that for free or it is you can rent it for 2.99 on amazon 
I will probably rent it just because that's easier for me. But yeah. Pluto TV is free. I've used it before, so. Um, I just realized that, like, we should probably make sure people who have not watched it yet have the ability to watch it. Yeah, um, yeah like, you can rent it anywhere that you get, like, mm-hmm. on-demand stuff or buy it. Again, any of the on-demand, but it is free to stream on Pluto with ads. Yes. I would suggest, I mean, $3 is not a ton of money. I would suggest renting it just because this movie is not a movie you want to watch with ads. Yes. Um, I have seen it multiple times. I will have to watch it again because it's been six years since the last time I watched it. Yes, you will have to watch it again. But it is one of my favorites. I will pay myself, but it's fine. I'm very excited because I've never seen it. So I can't I'm wait. I'm excited that you saw the play first because I didn't. I saw the movie and then I saw the original stage show in London and then I watched the movie again and then I saw the reimagined stage show in New York. Yeah. And then I'll watch the movie a third time. Unfortunately, I don't have time to read the book, but I feel like I have uh, experienced it a lot. <laughs> yes, you've had a lot of experience with it. Um, I'm just taking it all at one time. So on that note, um, I have to go to laundry and get ready for work. So we will see you for our... Oh, you can find us places first. Yes, that's the thing that we do. Email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. Um, if you want to talk to us about whatevs, um, you can send us a message anywhere. You can find us on all the social media at Death and Aliens. You can find me at cecloud 13 And you can follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. We will see you. Bye.